You're listening to Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Welcome back to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the brand identity theorist. And now in our Spotlight segment, we're happy to welcome our next guest, Julie Garneau, who's the Senior Director of Business Operations and Strategy at Anheuser-Busch Imbev, and he, she's here to explain to us not only everything about her business, but everything about the metaverse as well. Um, <laughs> big, big task there yeah, for right. you, Julie. Uh, right. Welcome to our show. Hello. Uh, yeah, very tall order. Hi, Barbara. <laughs> Hi, Thank Hi, you Julie. so much for having me. Thanks yeah, for coming you on. don't have to tell us everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just make make sure that we're not like just bumbling idiots walking around, you know, metaverse, NFT, crypto, blockchain, yeah, right. yada, yada, like yada. Start with definitions. But before <laughs> before we do that, let us find out a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about how, first of all, tell us how you got to AB InBev. And although Americans and I kind of know what AB InBev are, tell us what it is. Because people, it's a kind of a house of brands. So they people out might know more about their brands than the name AB InBev. Yeah, absolutely. People will be very familiar with our brand. But just to start at the beginning, so yes, I'm Julie Garneau. I started my career in finance, actually. I did emerging markets banking for eight years. And then I went to business school and I pivoted into marketing, joining Anheuser-Busch at that time. So I've had a bunch of different strategy and brand roles at the company. I spent the majority of my time so far as chief of staff for marketing and recently transitioned into Draftline, which is our internal creative agency mm. where I lead operations. And, you know, we've been tasked with creating an NFT platform, an NFT business wow. for Anheuser-Busch, mm. not only for the U.S., but globally, which has been a very fun and interesting ride. Wow. Very functional challenge, for sure. So, like, where, where do you go? Like, what, what course in business school prepared you for uh, <laughs> this job? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I took a bunch of different classes to t- kind of develop a sort of GM mindset. And I, I don't know, but, um, you know, up for up for the challenge. And that's part of why I wanted to join Anheuser-Busch, actually, because they don't pigeonhole you mm. into a certain expertise. Mm-hmm. And we're very much open to innovation, very much open to something new. Nothing is sort of sacred in a way. And so it's, a, it's an interesting place for people to try to grow in their career and, uh, you know, and and, take and on who wouldn't next. want to work for a beer company, right? I mean, like <laughs> exactly. And to your question before, right? Exactly. Anheuser Busch has so many brands that people sort of love or that are in their everyday life, whether that's Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, Stella, mm. and we of course have our portfolio of craft beers, and we also have canned wine and spirits now, like Cutwater and Babe. So uh, it's a very expansive portfolio, to say the least. Very cool. Julie, I, so, uh, you know, Barbara and I are, uh, you know, absolute uh, digital immigrants. So, you know, we're trying to figure this thing out. And it, it just appears to us that a lot of companies are diving in. They, they're not quite sure, you know, the exact way that the value proposition can be maximally extracted in these different elements of the metaverse, but they know they have to be there. Is, is that kind of the, the approach where it's like we're not, sh- you know, we haven't we don't have the, the template, the recipe quite yet, but we feel like, you know, we've got to be those first, 
uh, footprints on the empty beach, so to speak. I mean, is that is that what's going on here? Talk a little bit about like, these, the, the meetings, That's the conversations. Nice <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, t- talk a little bit about that, Julie. Yeah, exactly. Why? Why did Anheuser-Busch want to get involved in the space in the first place? And I think you you hit on it. It really has to do with not being afraid of what's next and really seeing where consumers are gravitating towards. Although it's still niche, we really are wanting to embrace that consumer first mentality. And we're seeing these trends and we want to be on a learning journey and we want to be kind of in a first mover position so that we're relevant in the space, especially as it grows and sort of the platform effects that we associate with this as it develops, uh, we're there, we understand. And so we can be communicating with consumers in a way that's very relevant for them, culturally very relevant. So that's very much top of mind for us. And luckily at AB, it's been from top down really across the organization. A lot of people are really embracing this idea that it's, the future of engaging with consumers, whether it's sort of a consumer one-to-one sort of approach to marketing uh, or otherwise. Um, so one-to-one, that's really exciting time. So mm-hmm. like one of the things I, I mean, I actually just showed a bunch of Budweiser um, ads in my class today, <laughs> you know, the WhatsApp ads and the whole idea of connection. And one of the things I was pointing out about Bud, um, and it's probably true about your other bands, but I know Bud better, um, is that you're you're not a brand like some of the car companies or some of the um, fashion brands that um, gets old. In other words, like uh, some of the big things with fashion brands or something like that is like you're not my father's Oldsmobile. Like the <laughs> the fathers and mothers, yeah. dr- you know, drink Bud, so therefore kids don't want to drink Bud. But that's not true with Budweiser. It's across generation, mm. and so it means you have to stay young and you have to stay current with the young generation and never get out of step. Mm-hmm. So where I'm going with this is a, a lot of this metaverse stuff. Is that being driven by your younger consumers? Is that where you think it's coming from, or you think it's a trend that's going to go across all generations? Yeah, I think obviously sort of those who are most perceptive to change and are most excited about embracing that does sort of trend younger. But I really think that the ambition that we have, if you extrapolate this in 10, 20 years, it really becomes part of the fabric in a way that we can only start to imagine, right? So that's you the thing really that's so have bigger goals. Mm-hmm. We do, and I think that the way that I like to think about it is, you know, we are a company that wants to bring people together. So being in in person and having that connection is still important. Everything with sort of blockchain and NFTs, we're trying to expand our thinking. What is the bridge for that in reality and that digital experience? Because NFTs are an enabler to help bridge those worlds, and everything in the digital sphere is so important to people. We're never going to move away from that. It's only going to get more encompassing. So let's talk about that idea. So I've heard things about NFTs. Um, you call it a bridge. So what? The, some of the things I've heard about is NFTs are like collecting art. That's one thing. Another way of thinking about is more this bridge metaphor, which is the idea that you buy the NFT and that gives you access to things that are digital events or, or sometimes it's tied to a real life thing. You get mm. a digital kind of ticket mm. to a real life thing. So this notion of bridge Anything. can go back and forth. Is Got that what you mean or am I misunderstanding Mm. yeah absolutely that's part of it so our journey is very much started in the world of digital collectibles Mm -hmm. like you're saying it's a form of art but the way we're trying to reimagine things in the future is 
how does this become a component to our sponsorship deals that's very relevant? Or for example, to your point, like everything that we do experientially for events, how do we add value? It's not just about throwing an NFT as a ticket. It's a way to add a different layer of real value mm. for consumers. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other things that we can do. There's a lot of complexities we need to work through, but it's a loyalty program that can exist with you and move around with you mm. in ways that is very, very nimble. Mm. Or it's a way to have membership and access, like you said. And recently we've leveraged NFTs to enhance how we approach donations to expand uh, sort of the reach of how we can give back to causes we believe in. Interesting. Like we did with uh, Stella for Water Dog. Yeah, I think the long. best thing at this point is for you to give us a concrete example of what you're talking about. So why don't you explain that a little bit more, what you were doing. So that was actually, when you say sponsorship, that's for your nonprofit. That's that's not even to sell more beer. That's like to help the world, right? Yeah, I, I think that obviously we want to sell more beer, but the way to do that is stay relevant. And let me just say, before I address your specific question, we are finding that it's not about launching an NFT. It is about launching a community. Mm. So every drop that we do is initiating and forming a community. Mm. And we need to take care of that community. We need to engage with that community. It takes a lot of effort to maintain. So it's, it's, access and membership but it's not a one-off transaction it really is an ongoing relationship and then one example in particular so we started with budweiser our budverse heritage cans we've also launched our bud light next nfts and we recently hosted in st louis at our brewery what we were calling nft beer fest and this was an event where people could come if you had if you were a holder of our nft collections Sort of, you were invited for that special experience where you had special tours, and we had musical guests that were part of our Bud Royalty Drop perform. So that's just a way. That's that what I was thinking of as a ticket. In some sense, it's a ticket, but like you're making it a bigger idea, a ticket to this community, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think that's what we need to sort of get inspired by, and it'll evolve. And as there are network effects, and this becomes connected in a broader sort of, you know. We won't have those same barriers, and so the the NFTs can really unlock a lot more. But as a concrete example, we did have that beer fest event, uh, which we were so happy to host everyone sort of in our home in a way Mm. at the brewery and really hear from consumers, understand what they're looking for as a part of this community that I was was mentioning before. Uh, So it's just a really different way to also sort of engage and understand what's relevant for them. Well, let me reintroduce you. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with Americus Reed. This is Marketing Matters. And we're joined by Julie Garneau, who's the Senior Director of Business Operations and Strategy at Anheuser-Busch InBev. Um, and if you want to ask Julie or any of us a question throughout yep. today's show, please feel free to call in at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. So one of the things I just, I want to take credit for this because I mentioned it in class. Um, <laughs> so, like the idea of what you, you were calling it uh, Budweiser creating a community. I was thinking of the metaphor of connections, that Budweiser has always been about building that network, building that connection. And if you describe the metaverse that way, it totally makes sense to me that you should be in it. Mm-hmm. Not even for the generational reasons that I was saying, 
But that's really the metaphor of Budweiser, which is creating these connections from one person to another, creating a relevant community. Mm -hmm. And if the community's in the metaverse, you've got a bridge to the metaverse. So I, I actually think that's very consistent and it makes a lot of sense with everything you've been saying forever. Right. And one of the reasons your marketing has been so great at Budweiser. So are you responsible just for Budweiser or do you work with some of your other brands and doing things on this? So for all things related to NFTs, mm-hmm. I have a portfolio lens. So Got it's it. not only Budweiser, although of course we did choose to you know, start with Budweiser given the strength of that brand right. and given the heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, that it has but no we're working across our entire portfolio to think about what's relevant for each brand and what could be next gotcha julie i want to ask a question and build on what barbara's saying because you know you are the steward of this so you are the guru now who is in charge of bringing the mm-hmm. nft and the metaverse and web 3.0 to the masses uh <laughs> and so i absolutely understand the don't get left behind argument for brands but help me understand longer term end game here and what i mean julie is the idea that you know, how do you how do you do this in a way that's unique to you all? Because I would assume that everyone is thinking the same thing at this sort of nation stage in the game. And it's like we're all going to be jumping in and kind of having perhaps similar ideas, et cetera, et cetera. And is the end is the end point just parody where like just this is just an expectation that everybody's doing mm-hmm. the same thing? Or like how do you stand out or and how you do you create how do you differentiate and create the you know the InBev, the Budweiser way of doing this that yeah. is really a powerful impactor on consumers? What are your thoughts there? That's interesting. Yeah, there's a couple things. Uh, one is I think how we're thinking about it internally, and the other is sort of the breadth of access that we have to what's relevant in culture. So let me let me talk across both those points. We are not viewing this as let me do a couple programs. Well, we'll see how we evolve, right? But our our thinking is not let me do a couple things in the market, see what lands, and then we'll pick this back up later. Like we are looking to invest. We are looking to and reinvest and figure out how to grow. We are looking to bring sort of structure to create an NFT team and an NFT team internally that can really bring that strategic thinking and really think deeply about this. It's not it's not like 10% of your time is in, in another position where you're you're tasked to think about this. So we are really organizing ourselves so that we bring real attention and sort of real intentionality to this. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, in terms of what is consumer facing and what we can offer, I mean, we are one of the sort of biggest players when you think about our connections across sports, music, Mm -hmm. entertainment, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And so when we we think about, yeah, the power of bringing people together, there's a lot we can tap into. So there's a lot of like co-creation we can have, a lot of sort of specialized access we Mm. can provide. I don't know. And what I guess it comes down to is we are a company that likes to dream big and we're not afraid to sort of go for it. And that, I think, will give us an edge no matter what, even though we're still trying to figure out the real way forward. And also to build on that, let me let me build on that as well, Julie, because I think there's and let me see if there's this is also part of the strategic plan here. And that is one thing you could also be doing uh, is to be thought leaders in educating people about this more generally. So, you know, I would, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but Barbara, what are your thoughts on this as well? But the idea that, you know, NFTs, 
you know, are accessible to maybe some segments, not other segments, just in terms of understanding, like, what is well, all this new technology? Well, that's talking about with the older generation, and, Yeah, too. and so, you know, how do you make sure you bring every... And maybe the, is, that's part of the strategy, Julie, to, like, be part of educating... Ra- bring you know, everybody sort of, into this whole community. Yeah, that and that helps, that helps the entire yeah. ecosystem, not just InBev, but even right. competitors to a certain yeah. extent. But it also positions you as thought leader in the space. Yeah, the pioneer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I think that's absolutely accurate. That's how that's how we see ourselves accelerating the acceptance in the space, bringing in people who are not crypto natives. Uh, absolutely, sort of our brands and the way we show up in the world can sort of spark people's interest and get them sort of involved. And uh, so uh, I think that's absolutely what we see is um, the impact that we can have. All right. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. And so where can our listeners go to find out more information about all of this stuff you're doing at AB InBev? Yeah, that's great. As early as NFT specifically, uh, we have our Discord channels now. We have one for Budweiser. We have one for Bud Light. So that's a very important channel of communication. And we have NFT information on all our brand websites. So people are welcome uh, to check out whether it's Budweiser.com slash NFTs or any of our other uh, brand pages. And we'll, you know, you'll hear more from the brands via Twitter uh, to sort of, as we sort of launch what's next. Excellent. Uh, that sounds great. Very Thank cool. you so Thanks, much Julie. for telling us about this. And we'll have to weigh in again to see how it's going later. Thanks a lot.